movies in 4K. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to one and all, Lady Phantom. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, we're coming to you with a bonus episode on Christmas. Yep, that's the way we roll. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday. And this is our first time back-to-back episodes. Yes, we released an episode yesterday and one today. Yes, for all of you celebrating the holidays. Now, this is a bonus show. It was requested by Jordan Ferraro, who also requested District 9. He did two in the same message. And he said one or the other. But we roll like that and cover both. (laughs) Because we're just that cool. (laughs) Exactly. And what a perfect bonus episode. This is a Christmas movie. It is so famous. And he wanted to know how this 4K is. So we are covering this on Christmas. And let's get this started. From 1990, a masterpiece to many, Home Alone, rated PG-13, runs an hour and 43 minutes, and is listed in two genres, comedy and family. What do you think, Phantom? That's exactly what it is. True. Now, you're probably not going to agree, and I probably don't agree myself, but crime, (laughs) even though it's slapsticky. Maybe, but like in very, very, very last place. Yes, and I'm not going to keep it in there. Because, no, because I mean, it's but not But it like, is, though. It's a yeah. slapsticky crime. I mean, They're there are it. criminals. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. there's thieves in this movie. All right. Who directed this one? Christopher Columbus. Wow. Is his real name Christopher? We yeah. don't know that. Oh, I checked. It's definitely. It's not <laughs> yes. Christian. No, it's Christopher. Okay, so Chris Columbus, the guy that we just reviewed, Harry Potter, right? And the Sorcerer's Stone, right. Written by John Hughes. Yeah, and produced. Yes, and I'm a huge fan of John Hughes growing up. You know, 80s, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And who stars in this film? Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd. The guy that plays the old guy, I like him. Robert's Blossom. And that's basically it. John Candy. Oh, yes. How could I forget? Yeah. And uh, uh, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's yeah, younger brother. Yeah, brief part. Yeah. And so was John Candy. But I really like John oh, Candy. Oh, yes. And rest in peace to him. I thought he was a very good comedian. Oh, yeah. I think he was an excellent actor in general. And actually, in this movie, he has the best lines, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But anyway, let's get into this. (laughs) We'll talk about that. What is the synopsis? An eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he is accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. That is absolutely perfect. Yep. Wouldn't change one word of that. I wouldn't say troublemaker. Oh, he's definitely a troublemaker. But, uh, the way I he's talking so. to his parents and 
always well everybody's treating him like crap but still he's a troublemaker all right so this movie starts in this house with a bunch of kids couple parents aunt and uncle cousins <laughs> yeah i i didn't remember so many it's people so rambunctious and joe pesci dressed as a security guard so you see he's a troublemaker from the beginning phantom don't see it but he's there he's getting I into mean, trouble yes yes he he's not listening to what they say but they don't listen to him either i i don't see this kind of relationship like it's only one person's fault really but okay all right phantom he's a little troublemaker he's a handful let's put it that way yes that he is i mean all their kids are handfuls basically but maybe the girls but all the boys are a handful in this even his older brother especially his older brother right so we have this we see they're getting ready to go away to paris on vacation and Joe Pesci is there, just walked in. Nobody's paying attention to him. And he's posing as a security guard. And basically, he's just finding out info about this neighborhood because when everybody's gone on vacation, they want to come back and steal things. He's a thief with his partner. Mm-hmm. So we get some scenes of the calamity here and all that. And Kevin macaulay calkin his name's kevin in this gets into trouble at the dinner table really wasn't his fault but he always gets blamed and gets sent to the attic basically like the third floor because they spilled stuff and he started fighting with his brother and made a mess but anyway he gets sent there and they're leaving early in the morning i think they said like eight in the morning six in the morning or eight they gotta catch a flight they all wake up late because the electric went out overnight and while they're scrambling they're all leaving so they don't miss their flight they leave kevin behind and they actually don't realize it till they get to paris Mm -hmm. well they are in the plane actually they they haven't gotten to paris yet okay right yeah because then they land and they try to get back but that's a little side story we'll cover a little more briefly here in a second But Kevin realizes he's alone. He actually thinks that he made him disappear because he made sort of a wish. And Phantom, there's actually a whimsical part in this where the trees are blowing a certain way. And when the electric comes out, when trees are blowing a certain way and the electric goes out because of the pod there caught on fire and it snapped on the tree. And it almost kind of had a supernatural fantasy feel. I don't know if they were alluding to that, but I did pick this up during this viewing. Did you see that? Like, Never. Right, but right when he made that, he said it, you know, he don't want to be part of the family. He told his mother that, and she said, don't say this again, or it might come true. And he says it again. And then... This is when you get this night scene when the electric goes out and trees blow in a weird fantasy way. It kind of had that feel to me. Mm, I I really didn't get that. I mean, I just thought it was a windy night, the tree fell, and it took the cables with it, and that's that. It didn't spark your interest right when he said that. It goes to the night when the electric and the weird wind and the tree, I mean, almost like evil dead-ish. (laughs) <laughs> the tree was moving a weird sort of way. Nah. 
okay but anyway so he gets left and he starts doing daily chores basically and running around and eating whatever he wants and stuff like that and shopping and there's really not a lot to talk about in this movie don't forget that he puts brute on twice yeah like i said there's a lot of just common things him going and watching tv that he's not supposed to and going into his brother's room and getting into things he shouldn't and making food for himself going shopping buying a toothbrush i mean (laughs) we don't have to explain all this but he's just going on and his family's not there he really don't know where they are because both cars are there you know they got picked up by a van yeah, and, and he dropped can, off. It, it doesn't occur to him that they took a taxi. So, right. Yeah. And all the um, phone lines are down because of the storm. So when they get to France, they try to call. They can't get a hold of anybody. And everybody's on vacation around them, too, on this one street. So they really can't get help. And the mother is so determined to get back by Christmas Mm-hmm. Because this happened like two or three days before Christmas, something like that. When yeah, it's Christmas Eve, I think, when he, when they leave for France in the morning. I think it was a couple days before. But anyway, that's what you're dealing with. And then you're watching Pesci and his sidekick break into homes. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's got this keen eye. He sees that people's trying to break in. And he sets up little charades and stuff like that. So people think that there's a family there and stuff like that all right and let's not forget the the subplot that i like personally the old man that lives pretty much across from them who is a an old man that has a bad reputation in the neighborhood they say that he killed people or something yeah his brother started that just Uh to scare people Uh uh-huh so yes but i mean i don't want to go into all that like that's your story you're watching him around christmas time do daily things and survive as a kid and see the mess he makes and going out on town and stuff like that and him trying to thwart off these thieves while the family's trying to get back and more so the mother's like she's so determined to get back and she don't want to wait for a flight the next day and all this so she makes the journey and that's where the john candy character comes into play and we don't have to describe any of that so that's the basis of the story i hadn't seen this since 1990 so i had just graduated high school a year or so after and i'll just start and say this is not my brand of humor and i totally enjoy john hughes movies i don't know one john hughes movie that I'm disappointed in, but this one. <laughs> and I'm going to be the wow. Grinch this Christmas, I think, because this is one overrated film to me. I know this is a lot of people's classic Christmas movie. It's the movie you go to every year. It's fun for the whole family and stuff. But to me, this slap stickiness never landed with me in this movie and this is not my brand of humor and it was actually most of the movie annoying to me so what say you phantom well of course i saw it at the movies and i think i've seen it maybe twice before like after the movies and before today maybe twice and i do remember enjoying it more but the thing is that, I mean, I remember when, when I first saw the typical scene where he puts the, the aftershave on and he screams 
When that first happened, it was super funny, but they have parodied that so much that in the movie itself, it's not even funny anymore. And personally, my favorite parts of this movie have nothing to do with Kevin or the thieves because, as you just said, and I think, no, I don't think, I actually did say this a few episodes ago, I am not a fan of slapstick comedy in general, unless it's done really well. And this is kind of not. It's, it's actually very annoying and, and it's funny over be- the top. It's funny, Phantom, because I mix baggery here, because there's some slapstick airplane caddyshack that I really enjoy. And this, I think, is not for our generation. We're just a little too old for this. I think 10 years younger than us and beyond where you was maybe a teenager or right before a teenager, I think it would have more sentimental value. I, but, I told you. I mean, but I, did. I watch movies now rating these as a movie. So this isn't a sentimental movie to me, even though I seen it back in the day. It wasn't my flavor of comedy And it really didn't put me in the mood for Christmas. I know this is a Christmas movie. There is tons of Christmas music in this by famous And classic Christmas music, yes. And classic Christmas clips playing on the TV at time, Miracle on 34th Street and the movie we just reviewed yesterday. So you have that aspect. There's Christmas lights. There's Christmas trees. There's presents. There's stockings. But, oh, my God, this movie just doesn't get me in the mood for Christmas. It just doesn't have that impact. And I know I'm not in the majority in that, but I think you're with me. Yeah, actually, I think this is a kind of movie that you could set up at any other time and it would work because it's just not about. It's funny because it is about Christmas because everything that happens is because of Christmas and everything. But it doesn't have that I think the only part that really feels Christmassy to me is the part with the old man. Uh, precisely. It's like the most Christmassy part of the movie. And it is the one that I enjoy the most. But everything else could be at any other time. And the proof for this is that they did other movies pretty much with the same storyline. He gets left in other places at other times. So, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah, New York, one of them was, I think, if I recall right yeah that i think that's part two but here's the problem with this movie to me is it's so over the top and i did not think culkin was funny i personally didn't i think he did a fine acting job for eight or nine or ten however old he was at the time he's portraying an eight-year-old and it wasn't fun to me like This movie is supposed to be so fun. He's defeating these criminals with like booby traps and stuff. And he's smart and he's a smart aleck. And there's really touching heartfelt moments in this, which I think is yours and mine's favorite part of this movie. Yes. The one with John Candy and the one with the neighbor in the church. Yes, absolutely. Those are my favorite parts by far. And even... I didn't buy Culkin what he was telling the old man, but there is a message in there. And I like the message. I did buy that part and I did like it too. But talking about the funny parts, to my personal feeling, 
the funniest parts of the movie are John Candy's. Yes. The way he talks, the way he delivers his lines. I mean, that guy was amazing. But unfortunately, it's maybe 5% of this movie. So it's almost I don't nothing. even think that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. last time we seen them when they're in the U-Haul, because they have to drive back because oh, yeah. there's no flight, and he's trying to make her feel better, <laughs> you know, because she thinks she's a bad mother for leaving, and he's explaining all the people in his band because he's part of a polka band. And it's based on a real guy, actually. And um, he's explaining things you know they've done left their kids behind certain spots and he mentions a time him and his wife left his son in a funeral funeral home home. (laughs) and (laughs) you know she's like well how did he take it after he's just so (laughs) casual well took six seven weeks yeah he don't talk much anymore but they're resilient (laughs) and stuff like this and just the way like you said his timing and then she goes like, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about this anymore. And he was like, well, you brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that personally is the best thing. It's the funniest part. That yeah. And the church choir scene with the music when he meets the old man neighbor because he's scared to death of this guy because who he thinks he is. Because his brother just yes. said horrible and things about him. And Kevin in this is scared of a lot of things that you are in this age. And he does overcome fears. I mean, that's another positive thing if you're looking at it. Maybe a kid will see, mm-hmm. you know, if you're that yes. age. What else would you like to describe, Phantom? You want to talk some technicals here? A music? I know the music I, bothered you. I, I just want to say something that apparently as I was reading John Hughes, many times in his movies, he led actors ad-lib scenes. And it's funny that we mentioned that John Candy's uh, lines were the funniest in this movie because they were all ad-libbed. Like, he didn't have a script. He was left to improvise whatever he wanted to say. I mean, that guy was genius. And, yeah, I mean, his lines were just the best part of all the movie. And, yeah, I mean, the kid, Kevin, he did have funny lines here and there i mean i will always like whenever he says like keep the change you feel the animal yeah and uh, i will always enjoy that that and when he's at the supermarket and he tells the girl the the cashier she's like do you think i would be here without my parents i don't think so for some reason i always like that and i still like it but not as much as before back to the filthy animal yes the first time but it happens three times in the movie. Yeah, that's the thing. They reuse jokes in this movie a lot. And shots, I'm almost And sure. oh my goodness, yes. It's like if I were a child, of course, big part of this target audience is kids and children. But if I were a child and I saw this kid, like, you know, just shouting, running everywhere, I would probably find this very funny as an adult it just annoys me to no end because yeah i I don't have patience for that and i just think me and you personally are just a little too old for when this came out and our taste wasn't with this style comedy even though i I like i I mean i was 16 it's not like i was super old or anything i mean i did enjoy it i did enjoy it when when it came out and I found it funnier than I do today. So you have no nostalgia? But you don't no. go back in time? You don't think of things that happened to you in your life around that? No. 
No, no, no. So it didn't have an impact. So you really didn't love the movie. No, I mean, I did enjoy it. As I said, I enjoyed it. But I think I saw them right then. And then it went years without me pursuing watching it again. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was by no means one of my favorite movies. I just was like, hey, I mean, this kid might be going places because he's a decent actor. Right. And then he did a few more things and then he disappeared. But whatever. okay, can we get to the sound now? Yes, we can. And about the music, yes. I've always thought that some musicians, some composers have a very specific sound to them. And John Williams is definitely one of them. I enjoy many of his soundtracks. I do. But this one, oh my God, I was floored at how much he took from this and put in Harry Potter. And I hated that. Yeah, but this was before. That's exactly what I said. So you should hate it in Harry Potter, not in this. No, because I didn't even remember. I mean, I've told you, I've, I've watched this movie uh, maybe twice, three times tops. Harry Potter, I've watched all those movies at least four times each one. And there are a few notes that play in the music where he's preparing the house for the thieves like he's preparing the booby traps and everything and like i was listening to that and then i caught a certain handful of notes that he took those notes exact and put them in hedwig's theme in harry potter and i was like what i mean that sounds exactly like that and i i just hated that because, yeah, I mean, I've always thought that John Williams' music in general sounds very similar to each other, but not in the notes, in the feel. Like, it all has this whimsical thing that at, at some, I don't know, once upon a time, I detected it, and that was that. But right now, it's beginning to get old to me, and I mean, I will prefer the music in Harry Potter all the time to this. This is just like... Imagine that you hear all the music in the, in the Christmas part of the Harry Potter movies and you put all of it here. And it's that. And I, I just didn't like that. Okay. That leads me to my little fantasy feel with the trees and stuff where it felt a little supernatural. I don't think you're supposed to take it that way. It was just an added level. And it could have been something that they were going to try to make it you know, a little wish type thing because there is other Christmas movies about wishes and stuff like yeah. that. And this music is such whimsical and fantasy driven. And immediately when I turn this on, remember, I haven't seen this for 30 years and I just watched the Harry Potter the first <laughs> yes. and I'm like, are we watching Harry Potter? But this came out first because mm-hmm. It just had that, just a really, woo. Yeah, and at that second, before we saw that, I I was like, this is either John Williams or Danny Elfman, because it also reminded me of Danny Elfman a little. And then I hadn't finished saying that, and then it said music by John Williams. I'm like, yeah, figures. Okay, now on to the acting. The only one that I really felt brought something extra to this was the mother. Mm -hmm. Like, you really feel sorry for her like she realizes she left her son and she's getting really perturbed because people are saying he's going to be fine call the cops let's go back to the room and no you can see it on her face and she has to deal with people at the airport and 
stations to try to get tickets and guests and all sorts of things and you can really feel that on her and then the happy moment in the end which you know when they come back together but like i think she was the only one that brought a little bit extra joe pesci i hated in this role and i am a huge joe pesci fan and I like Joe Pesci in comedy. My Cousin Vinny is one of my favorite comedy movies with Joe Pesci. Here, he didn't work at all to me. The rest of the family, they're just side characters. Nobody's got any part. Um, John Candy, like we talked about, and the neighbor. But they're in it so small. This is basically driven by him. And I just think it was mediocre at best, Phantom. I don't think it was mediocre, but it's definitely not as good and great and in and, and everything as people tend to portray. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, but, but I really don't think that he was that great. Maybe when I saw it for the first time, I was impressed. But then again, I hadn't seen many child actors at the time. But now, I mean, I have experience a lot of experience with other child actors. And he was good. He, I mean, Macaulay Culkin was a good child actor, but he was not that great. Not, not no, really. No, and he gets by on the cuteness factor like a lot of kid actors do. Yeah, but then again, you know what? Now as an adult, I recognized many attitudes in him that I really don't like in children. So and, and that didn't help me as an adult. And I'm just going to make a comparison like Haley Joel Osment, who came oh. up around the same time, is so much better than this Oh, kid. he was fantastic, yes. And he is still a, a great actor. But, I mean, as a child actor, he was amazing. Yes, but, I mean, he did enough for this, for the type of movie yes. it is. He's the pesky little boy that's always getting into trouble, making wisecracks. You know, acting goofy, saying goofy lines. But to me, it really took me out of Christmas spirit. It really did because it got annoying to me because a lot of scenes are replayed and some of his reactions are just not funny. I mean, when he's battling with the thugs and hitting them in the face with irons, some of the things the crooks say and then some of the, it just it just didn't get me in the mood it, it was just too over the top and too silly and i know this is a light-hearted romp but it didn't work for me phantom yeah I, I know i know how you feel and i know we're alone we're probably gonna get yes. some people saying oh this is the greatest christmas movie you since sliced bread and you know what the funny thing is Catherine o'hara i mean she is an amazing comedic actress but her part was completely straight and i loved her I mean, you are right. Like she did, she really looked like a concerned parent, like a mother that felt she was horrible because she had forgotten the kid, which she really didn't. She thought they had counted him, but that was because some neighboring kid was there in that moment, of course, as fate would have it. And, and she is great. I mean, she is a fantastic comedic actress and an actress, period. And here she didn't act like funny in any way or manner and she was fantastic right. i mean she i did like her yeah she was completely serious and i bought her and i liked her another reason i think this is so popular phantom with the generation below us if you grew up around the right time is that there is some authentic feel if you had a lot of brothers and sisters 
you know, certain kids were picked on depending on the age and you always got a certain brother or sister in trouble and you're bickering a lot. So there is a realistic factor with it because he's the youngest, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're always blaming things on him and picking on him and we're both the youngest in both our family. Yeah, but the, the we here, didn't grow up around the same age, and all these kids are, you know, within five years of each other. Yeah, and I mean, here there also there's a big difference because I mean, yeah, you are the youngest of your family, but then again, like you grew up with them. I'm the youngest of six children, but by the time I was born, the youngest, quote unquote, was 14 years old. So I didn't really grow up with my brothers and sisters. I was like, for all intents and purposes, an only child. And the others were just extra parents. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you had a family and you had a bigger family like this and got together with cousins and, you know, nieces and nephews and all sorts of things, it it has that realistic appeal when the house is just a madhouse because there's so many kids running around and things like that. I mean... There's always one that gets picked on. There's always one telling scary stories and being a bully, you know, and fighting and stuff like that. So I think this movie brings that appeal to a lot of people that came up with a house with many family members in it because it does have that chaotic feel, especially around holidays when you got to go get presents, wrap things, and you got family coming in to visit that you usually don't see and you know they don't really get along or they do you know it just felt that way but to me it just doesn't hold up i I will take your word for that because i mean yes around the the holidays there were eh, quite a few people in my house but i was the only child so oh well and my nephew but, and that was it. Like, all the others were at least 20. So. And I'm going to say it one last time out there. I just didn't think this movie was funny. It comes down to that. There's certain parts I liked. Like, the one guy that was in Vegas Vacation that remarried Clark. <laughs> he was the minister. He's oh, in this. Yeah. He works at the police <laughs> station. And this guy is just a hysterical comedian. And he don't have to laugh or anything. Just the way he enunciate words and talks is funny. Yeah, and then he's eating a donut while talking on the phone. Yes. And then there are pieces of donut that fall on the phone. And he's like ignoring them. And it's just funny. Yeah. Right. There is bits. And it, it was just so hard for me to get into this movie. And I, I really think I was this movie's just past where i could really enjoy it if i would have seen it 10 years earlier maybe it would have held something for me and meant something more at christmas time but i'm gonna say it again this really doesn't feel like a christmas movie to me okay all right so what rating and recommendation do you have on home alone i will say this is an above average movie because it is very well made and it has very nice things so i think six out of ten and i i mean i know that everybody that loves it will buy it you know i say rent and that's that you would rent this i personally would well why are you saying rent 
because I don't think it's an avoid either. It's not a bad movie. But I would say, like, rent it, if only for John Candy and the old man. I really like them. For one minute. All right. I'm just not complete opposite. But she's saying it's above average movie. I think it's a slight below average movie. So I'm coming in with a 4.5 because there is some good things about it. I do like the real Christmas music in it. And I do like some of the cut scenes, how they were done. But it's so farcical and over the top and just not funny. I mean, I don't know how many times you know the scene where an iron falls in his face and you're just sitting there. And I know it's not made to be taken realistically because it's not that type of movie, but it's just not funny. And then he comes back in and he has the iron mark on his face the whole time. And they're acting ridiculous the two thieves and it just doesn't work as a movie it's just not my style of humor and it's not a good christmas movie and (laughs) if it's one of your favorites you tell me why you think it holds up so much so 4.5 in a void all right this 4k disc just came out back in november and they had the special steelbook editions too that's the one we got at best buy um jordan i think wanted to know how good is the 4k quality of this movie so started up phantom what did that video look like on this 4k disc (sighs) okay let me begin with the positives there is grain but it's very slight now That goes directly related to my biggest negative, which is I'm assuming here they heavily used DNR to a level that this movie isn't crisp at all. Like there is no neatness, no cleanliness. Yes, the colors are very bright. Uh, I wouldn't go that way. No, I mean, no, they are. I mean, because they're, wait, there are, a lot of reds and a lot of greens that were used because it was Christmas time. And these reds and greens are really deep and rich. But that wouldn't look any different on a Blu-ray because that is the color itself. It's not that the HDR was pumped up or anything. It was, it's just the colors they used. I was so no 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 I, I cannot say that i was disappointed because i really didn't have any expectations in this movie specifically it was just bad <laughs> yeah okay i'm not gonna say bad first and foremost there's no hdr in this movie there's no raising of contrast here and there no definitely dnr used definitely softened images to the point, just like Phantom said where it detracted from like fine detail yeah there's no now, fine detail now it looked good for the most part but i mean so does dvds (laughs) so yeah i mean this is a definitely pooper yeah i mean i was sure that we were watching the 4k disc and not the blu-ray because i double checked at the beginning i was like you know sometimes they put discs on the opposite side or something and i did check before we started watching the movie but if not i would have literally gotten up and checked because it was like we were watching a blu-ray and it looked worse than a blu-ray yeah i wouldn't say that right either it looked like a dvd i mean what 
Because, uh, yeah. It looked better than a diva. Don't go too far here, Phantom, because it looked better than a DVD. Okay. Let's say if there were something between a DVD and a Blu-ray, that's <laughs> what it looks like. Here's the thing. Some people we have come to learn like when they maintain this filmic aspect. This film definitely maintains that. This film definitely is super dated. This film is definitely made. It feels 80s. I mean, it basically is. It was probably filmed in the 80s, you know, 88, 89, then came out in 90. It didn't feel new. It definitely didn't feel like I was watching it for the first time. I definitely didn't notice anything I hadn't seen before. Some of the CGI, like when the electricity's going off and things like that, didn't highlight anything like that. There's very few close-ups in this, way more wide-angle shots. So there's not even one scene I can pick out when they zoomed up on one face so you could notice blemishes or marks on somebody's face. So you have none of that. And it's a pretty bleak movie. Like, it's dark a lot of times, Phantom. I didn't didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. I mean, it's not not horror movie-level dark, but a lot of times the lights are out and just some Christmas tree lights are on or some lights on trees or on uh, chimneys or on houses so this movie has a lot of dark scenes too more than i remembered now there is day scenes and when they're traveling and stuff like that but none of the scenes popped and say oh well that looked a little bit better there but i can say there's some scenes when it went to like a snow scene you got a heavy grain well yeah it, it, it was funny because it looked grainy and snowy because it was snowing. So it was like really, really snowy. Unlike, for example, I'm going to use a beautiful day in the neighborhood that they made look old for the old time scenes. But then it went to the new stuff and you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we rated that super low, that movie, because of the style they went with. And they didn't do any HDR in that either. But yeah, this this is a waste of a disc. I mean, unless you collect steel books, because this is a cool looking steel book, they're probably sold out now. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet you many people got this for Christmas. So I hope we're not raining on your parade if you're listening to us and you haven't watched this home alone yet. Yeah, but, but I, I'm I'm thinking if people got this steel book for Christmas is because they love the movie. So I mean that's fine. True, but it definitely doesn't garner it. So if you're looking, if this is a steady Christmas movie you watch every year and you're thinking about buying it on 4K, do not. We're both saying that flat out. Yeah. Now, you know what about the sound, though? There's a very stark contrast, Which I they think, about do the sound. hardly anything with. No, either. it's a 5.1. I mean, it's, and it's nothing special. very mild surrounds. It's basically front heavy because it's yeah. all music and dialogue. So. Yeah, but definitely the best moments in sound in this movie is where you actually have a song or you have some music. Everything else lo- sounds very... Meh. Yeah, but the but music, the, the music sounds, sounds always okay. good too. If I had to pinpoint a point where it was elevated a little because of just basic surrounds, was in the church, the choir. Oh uh, yeah, there that was you nice. did get the reverb effect and everything from mm-hmm. the rears, but they did 
nothing with this. I mean, this is a pure money grab to me. Disheartening. If I really liked this film, I'd be totally ticked off with buying this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? If oh, this yeah. was one of my favorites. Let's get to the special features before we give you the grade. We already told you it's unworthy, but what do you got, fam? All right. All the special features are on the Blu-ray, and they are feature audio commentary by director Chris Columbus and Macaulay Culkin, the making of Home Alone, Mac Cam, behind the scenes with Macaulay Culkin, how to burglar proof your home, the stunts of Home Alone, Home Alone Around the World, Where's the Buzz Now? Angels with Filthy Souls, Deleted Scenes and Alternate Takes, Blooper Reel, and 1990 Press Featurette. All right, I'm sorry, I'm the Grinch right now. Hopefully, we're helping you here. If this is your favorite, again, I'm going to say it, just buy the Blu-ray if you haven't got it already. If it's your favorite, you probably already got it on DVD or Blu-ray and maybe are thinking about the upgrade you heard about it. Don't get it. You're wasting your money. Unless you collect steelbooks and can find them because they're sold out now. You can probably get them on eBay. But this disc is unworthy. It just brings nothing new to this no hdr used it's just a filmic look without detail and that's pretty different than most phantom even the ones that don't utilize hdr very much usually you can definitely see the uptick in detail yeah here you cannot it's a very static monotonal blandish image even when there's christmas lights like nothing ever popped in this movie so this is a d unworthy Okay. Uh, well, everything you said. I mean, when we saw the 20th Century Fox thing, you know, I was like, well, they never really, um, this part never really looks like the rest of the movie. So let's look. And then the movie started and I was like, wow. Because, yeah, I mean, of course they use DNR, but they softened everything, I'm assuming here. You can see absolutely no detail. The HDR is pretty much not there at all. Like there's nothing impressive about any part of this presentation. So I'm saying D minus actually and unworthy. All right. There you have our Christmas bonus show dedicated to Jordan. I hope we helped you out and everybody else out there. You want to say some Christmas wishes, Phantom? Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate, I hope you have a great time. And let's hope. Let's just hope for a better year next year. You've been listening to Movies in 4K on Christmas. We got a lot of shows coming out. So get that subscription now. We will catch you on the next one.